Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. How are you doing? How the heck are you doing, my friends? Well, this is episode number 379. You saw the promo. And as promised, my friends, as promised, uh, well, you saw the promo and you know what I'm going to be talking about. Um, the promo says that I was a victim of gun violence years ago when I accidentally came across the person who committed the crime on social media. That is the absolute truth. And I am now going to tell you the story of what happened. But I'm going to have to give you a little bit of a backstory first. This was quite a while ago. I was minding my business. I was on my travels with my uncle at and um, I got uh, someone got the jump on me with a gun and I was robbed at gunpoint. Um, and fortunately, I was able to react quick enough where the person couldn't get a really good shot off because the gun was like right in my face. And the person got what they wanted and ran away, got away, moved away, started traveling away. And the funny thing about it is at the moment, I was so busy in survival mode and also keeping in mind that if my uncle had come out of the store, he would have reacted to protect me as I would have reacted to protect him in the, in a similar circumstances. And then, let's be honest, we both could not could be dead right now, or at least one of us could be dead right now because of that. And you don't even realize how much being the victim of gun violence actually affects you or how long it affects you until it actually happens to you. A lot of times I see people talking about it when it never actually happened to them and they'll kind of blow it off and they'll kind of forget about it or they'll see a news, um, they'll see a news report and they'll go, ah, that's a shame. And that's how you feel until it actually happens. So you realize how devastating it can actually be and how it psychologically damages you permanently or at the very least for a short period of time. Because after it happened, I was just glad to be alive, glad that my uncle didn't get shot. And I was just kind of going about my business. You go through the whole police thing. They identify the guy. You talk to the DA. You go through all of that stuff, right? And the whole time, you don't think it bothers you until one night you're sitting alone in a chair and you just realize you feel really uneasy, a little cold. You're shaking just a little bit and you realize just something as simple as right now you just had dinner with some friends and you realize those friends would actually be crying and looking at your body in a box right now if things hadn't gone perfectly you think about how your family would be crushed had they have a piece of them ripped out if things hadn't gone perfectly and a couple of years ago as people that have listened to this podcast knows i lost a couple of nephews in the almost exact in a similar circumstance and unfortunately things went exactly wrong and we lost them both simultaneously and i remember how soul crushing it was for me and how soul crushing it was for my sister and my brother-in-law and everyone else in the family their siblings how soul crushing and that even now years later every once in a while i'll walk to the bathroom i'll see the pictures on the wall of them alive and i'll be happy sometimes and sometimes i'll realize i'm still staring at the picture for 30 seconds and i feel sad because there's going to be no more phone calls there's going to be no more high fives there's going to be no more hey uncle what's going on there's going to be no more hey man what i didn't see the game i was working did you see it hey man how did that fight go or there's going to be no more of that because they're gone 
and it could have been me years earlier. But at the time that I was feeling uneasy, this was years before the tragedy with them. This was just me and I was just sitting there and everybody else was just happy that I was alive. And so was I. But I sat in a chair by myself at my home and I was uncomfortable and uneasy. And I realized all of a sudden the crushing weight of realizing your mortality just kind of dropped on me like a ton of bricks and I could feel the weight. I could feel what it was like to realize there was a high probability that I wouldn't be here right now. And you don't realize how much it affects you. I'm going to the store after I get the stuff that was stolen from me back. I'm going to the store, I'm minding my business, and an aggressive panhandler comes up to me. Now, if it, when it happens now, either I just give the guy a buck, because what the hell, what difference does it make? Am I uncomfortable or intimidated or scared now? No. And if they're aggressive, I'll just go, hey, man, yo, dig, hey. And they know that I'm serious. But at that time, like I just said, I was very, it was very soon after sitting in the chair, feeling myself shake a little bit, feeling the anger. And I'm going to the store and somebody's aggressively panhandling and they're getting a little bit too close for comfort. I'm still uncomfortable and I'm still feeling what I felt that day with the gun so close where I could see the opening of the gun. And the guy's getting closer. I'm saying, no, not today, man. Not today, man. I'm trying not to be upset with this guy. And he keeps coming. I'm like, dude, not today. Not now. No, I don't have it. I don't have it. And he keeps coming and he's getting a little more aggressive. And then there was something inside of me that I didn't know was inside of me. I've been in fist fights before. I've whooped people's asses before. I've had my ass whooped before. So I'm not afraid to get punched or to punch if necessary, if I'm attacked first. But this is the first time I was about to physically hurt someone who wasn't trying to physically hurt me or a loved one. And I told him, that's close enough, dude. That's close enough. And he just, come on, man. And he kept getting closer. And I could feel something inside me go. He isn't realize who he's dealing with right now. And I told him exactly what happened. I gave him the Cliff Notes version of my situation. I told him, you're making me uncomfortable, dude. I'm telling you now, get away from me. I don't need this right now. I already went through this, blah, 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 blah. And he kept coming. And then some words came out of my mouth that never came out of my mouth before or since. And I was serious when I said them. I meant them. And I was going to act them out i was going to do what i said i said to him if you take one more step closer to me i'm going to break your neck and i wasn't kidding and i looked at him and i was waiting for him to take another step because i couldn't hurt the person who put the gun in my face i wanted to kill that person i wanted to beat his ass because i knew if he didn't have that gun i'd have stomped his bitch ass out i would have beat his ass and I wanted to beat his ass. I wanted to hurt him. I wanted to break his neck. I wanted to break his kneecaps. I wanted to break his elbow. I wanted to hurt this bastard. Because you picked up a gun. And you aimed it at me. And you took stuff for me that wasn't yours. And you thought that you wanted something so bad that was more important than my life. And the hearts of my family. You didn't care enough. You just wanted some stuff that wasn't yours. 
And a lot of times people will have, be, will have a gun. Like, well, I didn't want to shoot anybody. I didn't want to shoot anybody. I just wanted to get the stuff. And that may have been your intention. You may have literally gone, I ain't shooting anybody, but I want to have this gun because I want them to be afraid. But the second you take a gun out and you aim it at another human being, anything could happen. If my uncle comes out, he could have scared you. You could have gotten scared. You could have fired a gun. I could have been freaked out and went for the gun and gotten shot. I could have sneezed and gotten shot. Somebody could have driven by and their car backfired and I could have gotten shot. Some lady could have screamed and I gotten shot. Anything could have happened that wouldn't happen if you didn't have a gun on me to take my stuff. And if I had the opportunity, I would have ripped his head off. But he wasn't there. He was gone now. And the court system was going to take care of him. But I still was angry and I still wanted to hurt somebody. I wanted to hear ligaments tear. I wanted to hear a bone snap. I wanted to feel that feeling you get in your forearm when you fire a fist at someone as hard as you can. I know what it's like to hit somebody in the face and knock them unconscious because they were trying to knock me unconscious. I know how it feels in the forearm when the shot is clean and whatever you hit, whoever you hit, they're going down. I know what that feels like and I was preparing to feel it again. I wanted to feel it again. I wanted to hurt this bastard because I couldn't hurt the other guy. And I said to him, like I just told you, you take another step and I'm going to break your neck. And I meant it because if he took another step, I would have broken his neck. And I think he felt that because he looked at me and he had his, you know, that, that, oh God, look on his face. And I had a, you going to meet God, look on my face. And he backed off and then he started running. And I sat there and I leaned on my car and I realized, good Lord, man, this dude, he's going to go to jail, man. He just, he did what he did. I can't get to him. But he almost turned me into something as bad as him. In fact, I would have done worse because he got whatever charges he got. I would have killed this guy. And I'm not even kidding. He would have ruined my life. And he wouldn't even have been there to do it. So I made my decision then. Because I wasn't a violent person by nature just to begin with. Only when I'm protecting myself. That was then. We fast forward a couple of decades. Now the internet is here in its current in some in its current form. It's great and it's always it's, it's omnipresent. It's everywhere. It's on everybody's phones. It's in everybody's houses. It's in it's in a bunch of cars. It's everywhere. And you come across things you don't even really pay attention to. You'll see weird crap, pornography on the on the internet is free from what I've heard of people that actually watch pornography. All of these things. And I'm just I, I'm you know I'm kind of popular online. I got these two podcasts, the one you're listening to, and then the other one. I got a bunch of social networking sites. Blah 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 blah. But it's amazing what just pops up out of nowhere when you're not looking for it. We've all been there before when you're looking for one thing and all of a sudden some nudity pops up and people think you're some kind of weirdo and you weren't looking for nudity, right? Or some crap pops up or you see some kind of disgusting crap online when you weren't looking for disgusting crap or disturbing crap when you weren't looking for disgusting or disturbing crap. You see those things. 
And that happens all the time. And during my time online, I'm just looking for something else, just messing around, killing some time, waiting to leave because I was 15 minutes early feeling, finishing what I was doing. Let me just surf the net a little bit, play around a little bit, blah, 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 blah. Go to all the social networking sites, checking out some new ones, going and putting content on, content on the ones that I have now. And then I come across a familiar face. At least I think it's a familiar face. Hmm. Do I know this guy? Did I go to school? Because I, you know, sometimes I run across people I went to school with and I don't remember them because maybe they were in my class, but we didn't interact or they were in my grade and we didn't interact or they were from the same neighborhood. And we didn't interact that much. Maybe we waved hello or maybe who knows? Maybe it was somebody that came to a bunch of my shows. I don't know. And I'm looking at the picture. And I don't know why, but I'm getting angry. I don't know why I'm getting, like, why am I angry right now? Everything's going pretty good right now. And I scroll down a little bit. And I see a name. And I remember the name. And now I'm starting to remember the face. It's a bit older now. Yeah, I, re I remember this name and I remember this face. Yeah. The last time I saw this face, I didn't know the name at the time, but the last time I saw this face, this face was attached to the neck that was attached to the shoulder that was attached to the arm that was attached to the hand that was attached to a gun that could have killed me. It's him. Not necessarily a super common name, but common enough where maybe, maybe, maybe. Hmm. Interesting. And just like anything else on many, many social networking sites or Internet sites or websites, a lot of times people are really, really free with their personal information, like the city they were born in and the city in which they live. And this individual was just as free with that information city he was born in. Hmm city he currently lives in hmm let's dive a little deeper into this person and i see information and as i see more and more information it is now confirming this is exactly who i thought it was this is the person who could have killed me hmm the thing about being free with your information on the internet is it makes it very, very easy for people to look you up. Very, very easy. And this person is still residing in the city in which the incident happened. And this person has taken lots of pictures of themselves with, and the locations that they frequent, the stores they go to. The place they like to hang out. And I'm very familiar with these places. I haven't been there in a while, but I'm aware of them. Because remember, I was kind of in that city when you almost killed me. It's a different section of the city. Same city. Not far from me. So one state over. Yeah. One state over. Take me about 40 minutes to go from where I am to that city.
And I started to become in my mind the same guy that when that panhandler wouldn't stop and I wanted to break his neck and I could have broken his neck, I started to feel like that guy again. And I'm looking at this guy. And he's got a couple of kids now. And because of his actions, I didn't have any children, but I could have. And if I, he had done what he was going to do, or could have done even if it was by accident, it would have stopped me from being able to do that. I'm looking at the city that he's in, and he's 40 minutes away. I don't even need directions. I've been to that city. I've been to that state. I don't need directions. I don't need Google Maps. I could find it very, oh, well, looky here. You put your address up. I know exactly where that is. I know where that is. I could be there in 55 minutes. I could walk out my door right now. And in those situations, you kind of have those fantasies. Everybody has revenge fantasies when something bad happens to you. Maybe your spouse cheated on you, your girlfriend or your boyfriend cheated on you, and they cheated on you with somebody you know or somebody you like or somebody you hate. And you have this fantasy about just driving next to them and crashing their car off a mountaintop, right? You have this fantasy of a gun coming out the top of your car and blowing their car up. You have this fantasy about beating their asses. My fantasies were kind of like that because I know where you are. It's amazing how the things that go through your mind. So I'm doing a little more research. This dumbass is putting all this information in, and I'm reading and reading. And in my mind, I'm having the revenge fantasies. I could whoop his ass. Really. I know exactly where this bad. You know how easy it would be. Right, because if he, if he if he did what he did back then, he may be one of those hothead guys. I could literally just drive around his neighborhood, wait until I see him, cut him off, quote, accidentally in traffic, not hit his car, but cut him off, maybe even give him the middle finger, and hopefully he's still a hothead, and he'll get out mistakenly thinking he's going to kick my ass, and everybody will see him, everybody will see him jump out of his car and come attack me, I'd even let him get a couple of kicks in on the car first, then I come up, hey buddy, what are you doing, the whole time waiting for him to take a swing, and then I wait for him takes a swing and i'm like spider-man remember that movie spider-man with toby mcguire when flash was trying to punch him in the face after he just started discovering spider powers and the punches coming in slow and he's sitting there looking at the punch like please and i imagine him trying to take a swing at me and the whole time as the punch is coming i'm thinking you just gave me permission to beat your punk ass and stomp your brains out you gave me permission, you stupid bastard. But then I realized I'm a 51-year-old man now. And could I beat this guy's ass? Yep. Am I going to beat this guy's ass? Nope. So as I look on the computer, I'm looking at this, I just kind of delete all the information that was like right there in front of me. I just kind of deleted the website and all the information that I stumbled across. Because just like back then, when that guy was panhandling, I could have very easily just snapped his neck. 
And there's a possibility back then that I would have snapped his neck. And I would like to think that maybe I might have popped him in the mouth or just screamed on him. There's something inside me that tells me you wanted to snap his neck, but there's a part of this too much. You have too much humanity because if you really wanted to snap his neck, when he got really close, you could have just lunged at him, broke him up. And that would have been the end of it. The reason he didn't wind up with a snap neck is because you're not the kind of guy that would snap a person's neck, even if you wanted to. So I'm looking at this guy before I deleted everything. And it seems like he cleaned his life up a little bit. I know he could still be the same piece of crap that he was back then. But I also know that I'm not the kind of person that I was at that moment where I wanted to hurt that other guy and didn't. Because even if he was the same piece of crap, why would I allow this person another opportunity to ruin my life by going and beating his ass? Who knows? Maybe he might beat my ass. Who knows? He might actually get to shoot me with the gun he tried to shoot me with in the first place. And I realized there was no chance I'm going to go hurt this guy. Too much time has gone by and that's just stupid. And I'm watching his picture and I'm looking at his face. And I can literally feel the anger and the hatred and the physical violence and the retribution kind of ooze out of me. You know, like you're squeezing a tooth, a tube of toothpaste, just squeezing it out. I'm alive. I'm bullet free. I'm free. I didn't realize that that much anger was still kind of just sitting around inside me. But the simple fact that I actually found this chump by accident. That anger that I didn't even know was there, that frustration that. I kind of squeeze it out. And after looking at the picture for a few minutes. I wasn't angry anymore. I started realizing what forgiveness actually is. And I forgave the guy. Now, I'm not saying if I run into him, I'm going to shake his hand or anything like that. If I, if I ran into him, I would see in my mind, I would go, that's the guy right there. And then I would go about my day. I wouldn't even contact him or anything like that. I would just let him go about his business. I don't care anymore. Because my friends, forgiveness isn't about the other person. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, forgiveness actually is in my estimation, the way I think of forgiveness. I think of forgiveness as taking away another person's ability to hurt you or damage you or to make you behave in ways you wouldn't want to in their absence, meaning they're not there and they're still affecting you. Remember, I was going to whoop this guy's ass because I was angry at somebody else that home that well, not well, that, that guy with the pan and I was about to beat the, at least beat his ass. But normally I would just go, no, 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 or give him a buck. So that guy was still affecting me and he wasn't even there. And now decades later, he made me that angry. He doesn't even remember me most likely. So I had to forgive him for me. And I did. So I saved the picture and I saved the link to the thing on my, on my, uh, on my computer. And I said, you know, I'm going to go back to it and see if I actually feel any emotions. And I went back to it and looked at it and I felt nothing. Wasn't angry. Didn't feel any hatred. Nothing. But under normal circumstance, 
I wouldn't even have talked about that in this podcast, even though I talk about so many other things. But I realize there's going to come a time in your life, my friends, where somebody's going to make you so angry. You're going to want to do something stupid either to them or you're going to take that anger and you're going to direct it to somebody else. You date somebody, they cheat on you, and all of a sudden you treat the next woman or the next guy like crap when they didn't do anything. You're making them pay a penalty for a crime they didn't commit. And it's virtually, it's, it's, it's from the same family tree of what I felt. And you shouldn't do that. When you take the poison out, you're supposed to heal. If there's a piece of wood, there's a piece of, there's a nail in your leg and they pull it out, they put a little medicine in, they sew it up. You don't keep ripping it back open and jamming the nail back in and go, see nail, this is what you did. You wouldn't do that. You leave it alone. You let it heal. And then when it heals, after it's completely healed, you don't think about it anymore. You don't even have the scar on your leg anymore. Somebody go, didn't you have a nail in your leg once? Oh yeah, I remember which leg it was. You want to be like that. And I realize now, from this point on, I don't have the scar anymore. That's a good thing. You dig? So, if you find yourself in a situation where you need to forgive somebody for doing something horrible, if you survived it, if you got stronger from it, if you moved on from it, let it heal. Get the poison out. Trust me, it feels a lot better that way. Yeah. All right, folks, this has been episode number 379 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. Thank you for listening. Much love to every last one of you bastards. I love you, too. And I will see you again next week. And now on the count of three, you and me, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye. We're going to do it on the count of three. Are you ready? Are you ready to do it with me? Fantastic. Let's do it. One, two. Three S Anthony out. Go S S Anthony Thomas. 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 And laugh. Go ahead and smile. Go ahead and giggle. We're gonna get wild. Go ahead and clap. Go ahead and cheer. We're gonna have a good time.